This is Melanie Ake. Today on Everyday Leaders, you'll meet Teresa Snyder, a passionate leader that teaches us how to navigate in the midst of corporate chaos. Teresa believes diversifying your talents can help you to achieve a life of success. second annual Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit is coming to the University of Indianapolis, Saturday, February the 29th, 2020. Use this one extra day in 2020 to invest in you. This year's theme for the Leadership Summit is Change the World. So join us on Saturday, February 29th, 2020 in the Health Pavilion to gain the inspiration you need to change the world. Get your tickets now, as there will be limited seating. Go to everydayleaders.com and let's change the world together. Welcome to Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 in 2020. Teresa Snyder, thanks for joining today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. We have so many similarities, and I'm so excited to have you on the program because we go back to healthcare, we go back to sales, we go back to marketing, and you had me on your show July 4th last year as you were kind of doing a whole segment on leadership. And so I really connected you. I appreciated you. And since then, that's how you form relationships, right? We got to know each other a little bit. Yes. And I think that's why I love podcasts so much is because not only do I love listening to them, I love participating because now I know who you are and what you're up to in the world. And it's just like that automatic connection. Mm -hmm. It's so special too, because whether a podcast, I ask a lot of people, so what do you think a podcast is? And it's like, well, it's really any way that you can listen in, listening to an interview, a, a video, an audio, uh, you know, sometimes they're, they're written dialogue that you're listening to something. But it's really interesting now how technology has allowed us to do so many things when it comes to getting a message out to people. A hundred percent. And you and I were talking before the show about how we have a background in cells that is similar I remember literally looking things up in the yellow pages. We didn't have songs when I started. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny that you say that. So when I started dating my husband, he had, I, I dated him because I love to talk on the phone. Surprise, surprise. I love communication. <laughs> and he, oh. <laughs> he worked at a cell phone shop. So he had a car in the front seat. He got to have like a mobile bag phone, you know. <laughs> And I always wow. and I always thought how cool it would be if like you know they gave us the phone books for the car but wouldn't it be cool if you could like put a CD in or something and then you could actually pull up 
addresses or people that you needed to know in your in your contact list from your little phone book that you carried in your car. Not knowing, right, Sprint and AT&T, everybody was going in this in this direction that they were going to give us so much technology at our fingertips. And you think back to those days, people that may not remember those days, <laughs> but no. it, it was a lot more difficult to connect to people than it is. Right now, you can do it any possible way if you're creative. And this is one of your gifts. You are so creative, Teresa, to be able to brand something, market something, connect to people. And so that's really why I wanted you as a part of this 50 and 50 program, because you have so much to give people, empower them on strategies that you've used all throughout your life on how you look different and how you're passionate about your life. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And I agree. Technology has allowed us to really branch out and that we can connect with anyone on the planet. There's 7.2 billion people on the planet, and we have access to any one of those at any given time. Mm-hmm. And it's so important. Every day we think of ways to connect, right? When we're in sales, we're taught that strategy. So, yes. you know, what do you think one of the lessons is that you could tell people that are trying to enter the job market or re-enter the job market, some of the things that stick out in your mind, because I know we we have a lot to teach people, <laughs> and you, yeah. you know, and so I love to ask those questions from you. I think that there's certain things, but I think a real life one-on-one connection, there's nothing better, and a little simple trick that used to be in sales that they always said, you can tell a lot by a person's shoes. Well, to me, I can tell a lot of, about a person from looking them in the eye. Mm-hmm. And I always would say, after you have walked away from a conversation, can you tell me the color of the person's eyes that you were just visiting with? And that tells me that they're at a soul level. They're at an eye-connected level, that it's more about the guest or the person that you're communicating with than it is all the rackets that I have going on in my head about, am I smart enough? Am I pretty enough? Am I thin enough? Am I this and that? No, it's about the other person. Mm-hmm. And that's a key takeaway. When we talk about leadership lessons, oh, my goodness. So, the you know, the listeners today, thinking of the last conversation that you had with someone that you did not know, and if you could recreate something, if you could ask a question, what would you say is a great question to ask a brand-new person, first meeting, board meeting, interview situation? What would be one of them? They say, okay, do you have any questions? What would be one of your top uh, questions? I think asking someone what they're passionate about or what maybe their favorite hobby is is something that I think is important because I think especially in Western culture, it's very much that we always ask someone, what do you do? We automatically associate with them from an employment level as opposed to who are you? What are you about? What are you up to in the world? What is one life lesson that you have learned, even if it was in the last 30 days or 30 years, mm-hmm. and getting really into a deeper level? And that's why I personally like group coaching or like podcast conversations, because you drive and you drill straight in. You're not, oh, hi, how are you? Oh, so nice Fine. to meet you. <laughs> you know, you get blocked out of the way. You don't, it's not the baby shower talk. It's like real stuff. Like what is your leadership style? What is your leadership legacy? Mm -hmm. You get, you get to just dive right into a real conversation. Mm -hmm. 
Because so many people just think they take it for granted, right? Like you just survive in the world. You have a career. You raise your family. You may have health situations. You can identify with people if you do or don't have that. You have aging parents. Like we all fit into these categories. But if we have leadership capacity, and that's what I love about this program, is because people that are just doing things every single day, trying to struggle to just get through their life, we have the capacity to invest in ourselves and raise that level and do amazing things in the world. And we can do it. You know, we have have that capacity. And that's what's so crazy is that people have that kind of self-limiting thought of, ooh, you think I do? Yes, I think every person is capable. And that, Melanie, I want to really commend you and acknowledge you for who you are to me and who you are to others in the world is that I watch your show, I listen to your, you know, you do your Bible study, you talk about your personal endeavors with your husband. I mean, you kind of, you let people know that it's safe. Mm-hmm. And I think that that vulnerability and, a, and that connection that you have to let other people know, hey, you can let your guard down. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to punish you or, or judge you. I'm going to love you and lead you. And leadership is what I think is missing in, in our current culture. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. We could spend hours on this, right? Oh. <laughs> oh, thank you for that. But, you know, that's kind of when you when you believe in your journey and you really believe in who you want to connect to and who you want to help. And so that's what I think as leaders, you know, we kind of look at the, the glass half full all the time. And it's like, how can we solve? And as women, you know, nurturers, we're fixers. How can we fix? How can we help? How can we add value? Those words are so common to our language because we really believe it. And so when you talk about a group mastermind, so so talk to me a little bit. So for people that are listening and may not have ever experienced a mastermind, talk to me about what you what you kind of categorize and, and what you think the value in that is. I think masterminds are hands down one of the best ways to get connected with people that are like-minded and a mastermind is just that it's people that have a like-minded. Also, I like to consider that they have a like heart, a like heartedness about them. And I've had the really joy and privilege of not only leading masterminds, but participating. And it's when people can come together and they can recognize that we're each individually made or designed with our own strengths and our weaknesses. And whenever I can say, hey, I'm a super duper creative person, yet I'm not 100% sure how to file my taxes. And you can come to a mastermind group and each person brings their element of expertise and they're willing to share. There's no stinginess about it. It's no, I want to be able to help you. I want to be able to teach you. I want to be able to empower you. And there's all different ways to run a mastermind. There's all different kinds of different, I don't know if levels is the right word, yet different industries, different topics, different things of that nature. And, you know, you just think of, hey, let's have a podcast mastermind. Let's all listen to a 50 and 50 leader 
you know, your podcast and then let's come to the table and say, hey, I really got this nugget from that particular conversation. And that's what you can bring to the table and say, hey, what did you think about that? Or how would you have handled that problem? Mm-hmm. And find solutions together. Mm-hmm. It's a great way. I really appreciate that because when you think about taking a book study, you know, a lot of companies will say, okay, for our leadership team, we're going to take a book and we're going to do this and we're going to implement it, right? We're going to strategize around it. And so going through those steps, many people (laughs) have different personalities. We've all been influenced (laughs) in different ways. And so what maybe one person recommends doing, maybe the whole group doesn't think that that's a great idea or is easy to do or implement. And so, like you said, like a a mastermind is such an opportunity to come in authentically, to just kind of show up and be vulnerable to saying, okay, this is what my strength is. This is what I can give to the group. This is what I can contribute. And and this is maybe how I can help add value. And and so it's a little different, right? You you can look for ways that are maybe your expertise or maybe that you want to learn something. And that's the variety of what I love about masterminds. Yes. And I think it's important to maybe vet them and find out, you know, is this going to be the safest or most valuable way to spend my time? And then once you know, yes, this is the fit for me, that's the thing is setting up whoever the leader is has those certain ground rules Mm -hmm. or certain ways that everybody runs a mastermind in their own unique capacity, it's still a way for people to contribute to one another and say, hey, you know what? I've been through that. You haven't been through that yet, but let me tell you, hey, I've been laid off. I now know what I can tell someone else that's 40 years old or 50 years old to go through a company downsizing and maybe what to expect after. Oh, gosh, I got to stop you. I got to stop you. (laughs) Yes. Okay. (laughs) So let's mastermind around the term eliminated. Oh, gosh. Mm. That word, that word, when you are presented that in an environment that you feel safe, and then you hear the term eliminated, it makes you feel like you're vaporized, right? Like Mm -hmm. you, you, nothing that you do was on purpose or mattered or gave value or will exist or, or is important. Mm-hmm. And that word is used <laughs> in our culture today so much. And it is, can be so damaging to people in, in corporate situations. So I want to know what you think about that word. It's a tough word because I don't think any, I at least hope, that anybody that has even a heart or a soul walks into a situation to tell someone that they are being eliminated. It is gut-wrenching. And I would say that because I'm a top A personality and I would say you and I were overachievers and we work hard and we do our due diligence and do everything that whenever someone in a corporate quote unquote corporate environment says, you know what, we really just don't need you anymore. How can you avoid taking that personal? Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest thing that I can, the biggest advice I could maybe give someone is no matter what, it isn't personal. Mm -hmm. It's the nature of the organization or it's the nature of business. And, And I had to learn a long time ago that there are certain boards or certain 
corporations that they are only going to be driven by the numbers that are on a piece of paper. And if you can't do anything different, no matter what, and I worked for a company for a while in sales, going to doctors, telling them about services. And they told me point blank, I love you. Yet the company you work for their staff or their nurses, they do not represent who you are. And there's no way I can refer to you. So how, what am I supposed to do in that situation? That's a tough one. So yeah, getting with others that have been eliminated or getting with others that are like-minded to say, hey, you know what? It's okay. Mm-hmm. You're going to survive. It's going to be okay. You're going to find something else. It's going to work itself out. And that goes back to my personal faith, mm-hmm. that I have to have faith in some higher power or God. or That's me personally. Not everybody believes that. Yet I have to. Well, and we talked about this several times. We've talked about it. But I just want to touch on this because as women, as type A, as probably D on the disc profile, right? (laughs) Maybe a little I, but but a lot of D. (laughs) And so if you understand that, you're driving your success. And so when you sign on to an organization in your 20s, or in your 30s, and you say, great, I've just gotten out of college, I've figured out, like, I want to go do this, or maybe you didn't go to college, and you got a great job, and you got connected, and you went back to school in that job, and you've been promoted up, and then you give everything, you give everything to that organization, you you aren't at family events, you aren't at birthday parties, you aren't involved in your own life when you go home, you basically take a shower and repack your suitcase, right? I know there's a lot of you out there that I'm talking to. And so what happens is you have invested everything into this second life, right? It's really your life, but it's your second life because you think, hey, I am, I'm achieving. I am, this helps me, right? This gives me the adrenaline that I need to survive. Mm -hmm. And you're getting paid for it. So that's another positive, right? You're getting positive feedback and you're getting income from it. But what happens is you forget to invest in your own personal growth because you think everything's set up in, oh, I'll go to that conference. Oh, we're having an inside sales group or we're having an inside sales corporate training or, or we're doing these things. And so that's my growth, right? Because it assigns and it and it will be on my job performance. So that's that's a check mark, basically, right? What we yes. what we forget, and this is where you and I have connected so strongly, is we've been through this and we understand that if you aren't developing yourself outside of your career, no matter how successful you are, if you forget that you matter, when all these things change around you and you you don't have the capacity to even absorb it <laughs> because you're like, what? <laughs> so having personal growth helps you have a different capacity so that you can move through it and move on to the things that are really open for you. Yes, 100%. And that would almost be my advice to others is to find a way to make sure that your personal life, your family, those other things still remain a priority and not to the quote-unquote almighty dollar or something that can find you replaceable in a matter of minutes Mm -hmm. and to remember what 
is really of essence and of importance and not the 80-hour work weeks. I mean, I had to learn hard because I'm a driver personality, and I had to learn through my own personal growth. I am a very firm believer in landmark education. That is where I learned around communication. I learned that my strong suit is forcing outcomes, and I had to, like, take a look at that, at how sometimes that's not always the best way to be. Not everybody's going to appreciate that kind of personality. And just to cool it down a little bit, calm down, and be with people. Mm-hmm. And and so for many people that are kind of going through that, right, and thinking, oh, well, there's a lot of layoffs ha- happening in my company because here's the first of the year. So many of those have happened at the end of the quarter <laughs> last year, and they're yeah. kind of kicking off everything this year which is just, it's just what it is. But knowing yeah. that and being aware of that and being prepared for that, joining groups that can help you get established in some of your goals, right? There's many, 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 many groups out there. And Think and Grow Rich, you hear all the time, or um, Becoming a Person of Influence, or, you know, there's so many of those if you look online it just helps you start to assess what your values are. And you know what those are, but reminding you, how do you use those every single day to, to be able to give confidence to your life so that when things happen, you can pivot and you've got connections and you've made new resources uh, to be able to have that gap a little bit shorter when you have to make a change. Because, boy, isn't change scary? It is. It really is. And I used to not think that. And then I read somewhere recently in an article that people that are, you know, 50 years old, they're going to change careers four, five, six times, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, how my grandparents, even my parents, I mean, they had one career, they were up early, out late, whatever it was, that's, that's no longer the way the culture is. Mm-hmm. It's just constantly changing. And, you know, I can remember little things like watching the Jetsons when I was little thinking, wow. But you look at artificial intelligence and you look at different going to the moon and all these different capacities that's continuing to change our culture. It would be a mistake not to really assess and always be on the cutting edge of what if. Mm-hmm. And be prepared. Mm-hmm. Have money in your savings account instead of living paycheck to paycheck. Or like you said, getting in the right mastermind groups or being more diversified in where you spend your time. Because mm-hmm. if you only go to that one location or that one job every single day and then all of a sudden it's taken away, yeah, it's going to be a harder hit than if you would have been somewhat more diversified. Mm-hmm. And I think you hit on something. So when we talk about soft skills, right, a lot of employers will be like, yeah, well, knowing how to get along with people, knowing how to have confidence, knowing how to connect to others, knowing how to mm-hmm. use the right language, knowing how to write a positive in, uh, email, right, knowing how to show up in a boardroom, like all those things people consider as soft skills because, well, you should just, you should have been raised with those, right? And, but when you get into career and corporate cultures, 
it's so different. And it matters what your what your culture is, the environment that you're in, because you have to be flexible around that, right? It's nothing's always the same. <laughs> exactly. And you hit on a really good point there as well is what it's like to be a woman in corporate America. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go down like, oh, whoa, you know, feminine, you know, that I'm a feminist or whatever that may be, you know, but I was raised, I'm a soft, sweet Southern girl. You don't go and sit at the head of the boardroom. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, why not? Mm-hmm. And how can I use my soft skills, as you would say, to also be complimentary and not be something that's going to hold me back? Mm-hmm. And being able to recognize and be appreciative of each person's skills and not be so competitive, mm-hmm. whether it be male, female, feminine energy, male energy, whatever that is, it's just like, what do we each bring to the table and how can we add value to whatever the situation is? Mm-hmm. And again, that same company that I was working for, that I was hired by this home health company to come in and really just do an overhaul and make a change and grow the market share. And I went in there guns a blazing, like, yes, was holding, you know, meetings with the staff. They didn't care. Mm -hmm. And that was a hard pill for me to swallow is how can you not care? How can our response times not be important? Well, we've never done that. Mm -hmm. We have a culture that's different. So looking into the culture of any organization before you decide to participate with that culture, I think is also very important. Oh my gosh. So what would you give advice, some questions that you might ask if you're going out looking for employment, right? And to interview the Mm -hmm. employer. So you're on the other side because many people forget about this. It's you're trying to show up your best self and say, okay, I've researched everything and I really want to make a connection and I think I could fit well here. But, you know, going back to looking in somebody's eyes and knowing that it's about them. Yes, yes. And I think that for me, fear got in the way Mm -hmm. because I thought, oh, I've got to have a job and I've got to have a job like four days ago. Let me just take this. Mm -hmm. And it and I really did with that specific example, take that thinking, oh, they're going to be so glad to have me and boy, howdy, their numbers are going to grow. Well, they didn't want a census that grew that caused them to have to work, you know, eight hours or whatever. So I did not do the right investigative work to find out was I, what they really wanted were my skills. Corporate said yes. Yet the internal staff had a different mindset because it's the mindset they were accustomed to. Mm -hmm. They liked it being, you know, a simple, certain, easy way. They didn't want to develop outside of their comfort zone. So it would have been really vital and important for me to have been able to ask those questions. So asking the tough questions, like what is important to them, even asking whoever the leader of the organization is, being able to ask those questions. And I just went to an interview yesterday, so it's definitely fresh on my mind. They're like, so do you have any questions for us? And it's like, hey, are you just get, let me close this. Am I the best candidate for the job? Are you going to give me the job? Let me close the deal. No, you got to ask those. What is your culture? What are your expectations? What do you, where do you see your organization being in four, five, six, 
eight months Mm -hmm. to see if they have a growth mindset or if they like leading from a place of generosity and understanding and compassion, yet also that they want to be a leader in the, in the realm of whatever that specific practice or job or company or the culture of the brand. Mm-hmm. It's so critical because many people are outplaced. There's been a lot of turnover, manufacturing and healthcare, and I see this everywhere. You know, just because you yeah. have a degree doesn't keep you safe anymore. And so with the changing times, I think it's so critical that people are developing just a plethora of portfolio skills, I guess I would call them, because you don't know what you're going to be called on to use. And then thinking about, and and I love this conversation. I have it all the time with people. They think, well, because I've done this, I have to do this again. Like I have to fit into this box, if you will. And many times these soft skills that employers go, "Eh, you know, whatever. If you want to go develop those, go develop them. But we're not going to invest in you to do that. And so if you are able to get ahead of the game and, and really invest in yourself and make sure that you understand the proper way to communicate and, the, and to be aware and how to make trade-offs and, you know, how you're going to contribute to the world, and those are your bigger goals, then when you find a company, it's kind of like Simon Sinek talks about, you know, understand your why and everything else falls into place. And I think that's, that's so true for how we're showing up to try to go, how do I fit into a new organization, Right. Yes, yes, 100%. I love that you brought up Simon Sinek and being able to allow your, you can continue to find growth, whether or not others, if that, that may not be their thing. Like Mm -hmm. it, it blows my mind that people don't want to read or they don't want to listen to a podcast or they don't want to learn. And even you brought up Think and Grow Rich that, Every millionaire has seven streams of income. Yep. And I look every day and I go, where do they find seven streams of income? <laughs> Help me out because I am lost here. I'm like, where are these seven streams of income? And it caused and at least ignited the thought, oh, I could branch out. Mm-hmm. I need to look a little bit, widen my focus. Mm-hmm. instead of keeping it so narrow. Mm-hmm. And that I would say, you know, people say, stay in your own lane. Well, maybe I need to change lanes. What's wrong with being able to change lanes? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. You, what do you think about that? Well, I love that because it gives you permission. You know, it's kind of like when you sit there when you're a kid, right, you get to, you get to color and you get to write and you get to explore and you're like given this permission of freedom. And so I think as adults we get to that point that we say, yeah, but I have become an expert in this. So this is where I need to be. And this is where people see me. And now we go to the leadership conversation about comparing ourselves to others. You know, it's like, no, develop what you're really good at and then stay in that. So if it's communicating with people, if it's building people, if it's building teams, those are the skills that people want to see as you go into your career changes, right? You can do those transferable skills anywhere. You could go to Starbucks, you could go to Walmart, you could go to Eli Lilly here in Indianapolis. You could go to an oil field in Texas where you are in Amarillo. (laughs) 
but yes, right. So it's like you have to have those sets of skills to be able to survive, the survival skills, if you will. But but they're people, they're connecting, they're adding value, like you've said again and again. And then that separates you from: Do you know the book smarts, or do you know the people smarts? And that's, I think, the key. Yes, and having that combination of and being versatile and being okay with being versatile. It took a long time for me to adapt to the fact that I am a creative person, and that comes with pros and cons as well, because sometimes I see that as scattered or that I like to think of way outside of the box ways of doing things, especially in the medical field, because, you know, clinical staff usually are very black and white, Mm -hmm. and I get that. They're trained that way. They're going to read labs. They're going to read, you know, a chart. And then they have somebody that wants to come in and say, well, what about trying out this specific? And I don't know how, honestly, I don't know how doctors keep up anymore with the amount of products that are in the market. Oh, my gosh. That's what blows my mind. I'm like, oh, my gosh, have you walked into a sample closet lately? Wow. Mm -hmm. Or watched a Hallmark movie and saw all the commercials. It's like, (laughs) oh, my gosh. You know, but being appreciative that, that's their forte and that's their skill set. That's not necessarily my skill set mm-hmm. well, and being okay with what do I bring to the table? When you say creativity, I think that brings up a lot of questions for people because they think, you know, if you go into a job saying, and I love how we've been talking about this because it's so true, but you go into a, a new job and you say, well, I can bring all these skills here. I've got this energy around it. And you have to really pay attention to, is that job looking for that creativity, right? And if you can't get it in that job, then you need to make sure that you have an outlet to be able to give you that that resource or that lane of creativity because here's the seven streams of income, right? <laughs> so <Yes. laughs> don't think that you have to show up and give everything to that one lane because here you go. The experts say, the millionaires in the world say, they spread their their little their freedoms around and their creativity and their talents. And so that's how, you know, if we learn from our mentors, then that's really yeah. what we need to be focusing on is don't give everything to just one area and be diversified. Yes. And it took me a long time to know that it was okay that they may not have the same passion that I do. Mm-hmm. It was always puzzling. I'm like, how do you not have the passion to want to lead this organization a certain way or empower (laughs) those people that are on your team or whatever that may have been. And instead of me losing sleep at night, be like, that's just not my deal. That is like, that's their deal. That's not my deal to fix. And just like you said, as women and nurturers and I, when was the last time that you saw a man watch a football game, fold laundry, and switch out the things in the dishwasher? <laughs> they just don't. <laughs> and even in the, in the interview that I was in yesterday, they were talking about it was for a physician's group, and they were wanting to, to do, talk about men's vitality and what the, how can they get men in the office. And I said, well, you need to educate the women because most likely they're the ones that are going to say, okay, honey, you have a doctor's appointment at four today. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what? Mm-hmm. So it's just being okay with 
where does that skill? I don't. I don't know what tangent I just went off on, but that was kind of like <laughs> being, <laughs> being, yeah, being okay to be diversified, I guess, mm-hmm. and being a woman and being okay that we don't have to fix it all. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just not our job to fix that one particular situation. Oh gosh, and influencers, right? And I know it's so important. And we we talk about the things that we're influenced by. So here we go, trying to fit back in and saying, okay, when we get misplaced, when we're when we're eliminated, when we're changing, when things are beyond our control and we're thinking about, okay, how do we reconnect? And then we think about our influencers and our mentors. So I just want to go to this real quick is who do you follow, Teresa? Who inspires you? Who do you get your energy from in the world? You. (laughs) You are definitely one of those people. And also, you know, as far as like, Simon Sinek, John Maxwell, Shalene Johnson is somebody that's got a fitness avenue because that's another one of my passions. So I follow her podcast. Lewis Howes was a one-time, you know, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. I have his podcast memorized. Mm -hmm. You know, so I like to listen to a variety of different people. And then, you know, something I don't go into a whole lot, but I do want to mention it here is that I have a recovery background. Mm-hmm. And so that's a whole nother conversation, you know, so I have to stay plugged into church and my faith and recovery programs and my family and just being willing to be okay with who I am and not look for it from an outside source, whether it be shopping or alcohol or food or whatever that is. No, be okay that God's got my back. And I'm going to be taken care of, even in the height of financial crisis or job layoffs, that I can reach out to people like you and I can reach out to people like Chip. Mm -hmm. I've been going to speak (laughs) at different places and I've called Chip, our mutual friend, and said, hey, Chip, can you get me clear headed? Because I'm going to speak at this event and they're not paying me and I'm a little bit mad about it. (laughs) And he's like, nope, you're going to be of service today. And I'm like, Chip. You're exactly what I needed to hear. I get to go be a service. Wait, because I'm wait. like, why don't they pay people anymore? All I right. want to be a corporate trainer. Do they pay for those people? Go ahead. Let's Ooh. say it. Ready? One, two, three. Go get it. <laughs> yep. Go get it. <laughs> exactly. Go get it. Oh. At least you're going to speak on a stage today. How many others have that possibility? Go get it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He's so exactly. inspiring. I absolutely love him. So. For those that are, you know, thinking about what's going to happen in 2020, what's on your yeah. radar? What's on your radar to accomplish? I know, and I want you to do just quickly a recap of your accomplishments. So here's the time to celebrate you from all the things that you had on your vision board from 2019. Do that first. And then I want you to talk to me just a little bit about what's happening in 2020 for you. Wow, I love that. Well, the things that happened for me in 2019 is in last February, I was a red carpet host at the Oscars, and that was such a highlight. Talk about a vision board come true, interviewing, gosh, Wesley Snipes, Marianne Williamson, Colin Farrell, different people like that. And that, again, because of the connections and because people saw my daily Facebook lives, even though some people are like, why are you doing these Facebook lives? 
that's what it got me. It got me to go and be in a room there and be on the Oscars red carpet, you know, and being able to travel like I did this past year. Did it come at the expense of my savings account? Yes, but the amount of education and people and like real life connections that I have, being a contestant in the next impactor was another big thing. Mm -hmm. So those are the things from 2019. And what I have to look forward to in 2020 is being and continuing to be open to the possibilities of travel, being able to, to realize that there are going to be people that pay speakers. Mm-hmm. And that's what I ultimately want to be able to do is lead and train and connect and do masterminds, do group training. One-on-one training is okay, but I really love the essence of the multiple personalities in one room that mm-hmm. you can really accomplish a lot with one conversation mm-hmm. and have multiple outcomes. Well, you are amazing, Teresa. And I just, I thank you so much. My heart just, I love you. I want people to connect to you. I want to help you in any way possible uh, through 2020. And I just, um, I want to thank you for coming on and, and being an everyday leader in your life and inspiring us to be better people. Well, thank you. And I, I definitely acknowledge you for who you are and what you're creating and what you continue to put out there. Because if you don't know that it's making a difference from one sister to another, I love you and you are making a difference. The second annual Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit is coming to the University of Indianapolis, Saturday, February the 29th, 2020. Use this one extra day in 2020 to invest in you. This year's theme for the Leadership Summit is Change the World. So join us on Saturday, February 29th, 2020 in the Health Pavilion to gain the inspiration you need to change the world. Get your tickets now as there will be limited seating. Go to everydayleaders.com and let's change the world together. This has been a Joe Studios production.